You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. Interstate Batteries has been a proud supporter of the Sportsman's Nation since day one. They offer just about every battery under the sun, from car and truck batteries to batteries for your trail cameras and rangefinders. Select retail locations even offer cell phone repair and cracked screen repair. Find a local retail location at interstatebatteries.com. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable. Welcome to the Land and Legacy Podcast. We're your hosts, Adam Keith. And Matt Dye. This is your number one resource for all things land. If you're interested in conservation, habitat management, hunting strategy, and rural real estate, this is the podcast for you. All right, guys, welcome back to another Land and Legacy podcast. We are recording not over the phone this week or this podcast this week. Um, You probably heard from the other podcast we recorded with Dr. Will Goolsby. Man, it was just a, that was an exciting research-filled podcast, and so if you haven't checked it out, make sure you do. Wonderful, wonderful information. But this week, um, I'm sitting on the back porch, and I've got Chad Keith on the line, not on the line, on the headset right here. How are you doing, Chad? Not too bad. It's been good. It's been a little while. <clears throat> it, it certainly has We've been. been. Yeah, a little swamped. <laughs> well, I I've recorded a little video for Instagram this afternoon, um, looking over a future pond site and the hay was getting cut. And I just like opened up the video video and was like, guys, I apologize. We're trying to give as much updates as we can, whether it's on the podcast or, or these quick little videos. But between all the things that are happening on your guys' place, my house and my place, as well as tr- you, you're working full time still. We're both working and traveling. There's just so much happening. It's like trying to get these updates out and and still have good quality content. But well, that's we're just that's what like running full steam ahead. When Adam mentioned to me doing this with you, he was like, "Yeah, Slide you've that had a, microphone up, just touch." You've had a little more time on the farm than right. I have. Right. We've kind of been most of the summer. Him and I have been working together, trying right. to knock out fence, <clears throat> trying to get stuff not habitat related. Right. I mean, somewhat, but yeah. it's not not, not interesting. As, to not most as people. direct. And finally, we got enough of that done to where it's like, okay, we can divide and conquer. And I went to the wildlife stuff, and Adam's still right. working on fence. He's like, you've seen more of the farm than I have. <laughs> Give an update. Sure. So, yeah, no, I, I think uh, I think it's I think it's also always good to give the updates because you know, as as everyone's listening here, we're we're making the same decisions that are in the same shoes or boots as you guys as to how we want to progress forward with with a given property and you know it's fresh it's new there's there's these big decisions to make 
and execution, of course, we're, we're pretty concise, I think, when, when we make the decisions as to what it is we're going to do. But but don't be fooled as you're listening that, that there's still considerations and long-term projections and do we take this route or that route. And there's just a lot that goes into it. But I want to also stress with that, there's not waffling back and forth as to should it get done. It's more of how and what's the best approach. Yeah. This is the end. This is the end goal. How are we going to get there, the best way? And, and this podcast, we're got, we're going to give you guys a couple updates, but then we're going to let uh, Chad talk about the approach to marking timber and and how to go about that logically, strategically, to to make sure that through a harvest. And Adams talked about the harvest and, and kind of like long-term vision, let's say, that you guys are trying to accomplish. Now, I think that was a week ago or two weeks, but, but this is going to be more or less the nuts and bolts of here's how we make sure that we achieve that. And, and there's right ways to go about it and, and wrong ways. And um, so before we jump into that, let's give a quick shout-out to Vortex Optics. Guys, it is late summer target shooting, scouting, summer scouting. Make sure before we get into season that you are outfitted with some good optics. We just had some optics come in. They're pretty sweet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're, they're pretty yeah. razor sharp. Some good yeah. glass in that. So we're we're pretty excited for um, this season. Not that we've had time to scout, <laughs> but but when it is go time, we are prepared and set and ready to rock and roll. So I'm excited. So make sure you guys go check out Vortex Optics dot com and if you like some of their clothing use the code legacy20 at checkout for their apparel line you won't be disappointed all right chad so it's, it's funny you talk about haven't had time to scout and i'm thinking yeah. you know we've had you know normally we're running cameras all sure. that and it was one of those i've laughed when the fed buddy's like hey you guys got any good bucks on camera and it's like yeah <laughs> uh, we don't have any cameras out yeah, I, no, I, I gotta get cameras. i'm like we don't have a camera out right, right now. Right, right. And it's it's just funny that we've had so much going on that it's it's. And and I don't think that's a that like. I don't feel let's say behind the eight ball with that equation no. though either that that things have been busy. I think now we've got we've got cameras. They're set oh. up. They're ready. To, they're 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 if they're not deployed, they're getting ready to be. And it's like today's August first. We're we're we've got time. Yeah. We've got we've got plenty of time. And for the properties that we're hunting outside of my new place, which is very small and, and, and easy to figure out, right? The lease, the, the 160 where I harvested the buck last year and your guys' place, I'm going to say we've got it figured out, but I don't, I'm not going into it blind. Yeah. Like I have, I have a year and, and plus Seth's knowledge of it to rely on, and I, I'm not worried about it. I did get a picture of a, a good 10-pointer um, – on that place, I had one camera on it through the middle portion of summer, and it's pulled now because the Cuddy Link's getting ready to get set out maybe tomorrow. But re- regardless, I don't feel behind the eight ball well, at all. And, like, we've got the family farm yep. that obviously we've hunted our whole lives. Right. And then the farm we bought is right. in the process of being logged. So right. stuff is going to change. <laughs> yeah, so it's like you throw some cameras out, but we really don't. Yeah. It's not like it's, intense. It's it's not a, it's not a, to begin making plans. No. It's a, 
okay, there's there's some there's some good deer here. Well, and cool. And honestly, it's one of those that all the stuff we've been getting done yeah. is far more important far. because yeah. for years to come, the benefit in our hunting is going to be so much better. I mean, oh, yeah, with Adam that. and I were laying out, and we're gonna we'll have some videos of the stuff we're doing. That's it's so detailed in. I mean, we talk about we're going to touch on our on the marking and how we're doing it, but yeah, we were taking it down to marking leave trees for future tree stand trees. Spe- <laughs> yeah, specific. I know based on terrain and what the future habitat condition is going to be that that tree is a killing tree. Don't yeah. touch it. <laughs> and and not just not just that tree is the killing tree, but you know if we mark that tree and those tree behind those two trees behind it. It gives us back cover, sure. or if we leave this one in front, it's going to give us some more cover, so that when they come through on this bench, sure, it's or or hey, there's some there's some more seed trees, acorn producing trees in close proximity. Now that's our that's our hunting tree. We can access here off this new road that will be here. The list goes on and on. But yeah, I mean that's that's <clears throat> the cool part of of having change and evolution to a property and transforming it is that you can be you can be big scale big thinking i'm going to achieve this long term but you can also be fine-tuned in that same process in that same breath of i will be killing deer out of that tree well just wait and let's face it for us yeah the the deer the turkey that whole thing is a big part of it yeah but there's just as much excitement or more about the other the habitat accomplishments mm-hmm. and all the the restoration work as far as like the glade adam and i got to check it out again yesterday right, right. and gosh it's 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 gorgeous it's yeah. just evolving so much and we found sure. found royal catch fly again right. So and, and for those spot. listening, that's a that's a describe that native flowering plant to them it's real a, quickly. It's a red, yep, like five. It's almost star shaped. Yep, a red plant that blooms late summer. It's one that hummingbirds use a lot, mm-hmm. but it's Silene regia, or regia. I'm not sure how. <laughs> Something Italian. We're from Southern Missouri, but. <laughs> But it's it's a big pollinator species, but it's yeah. a it's a very it's a rare it's a rare you delicate don't find fragile. it very often. And yeah. now this is the second spot we found it on mm-hmm. in the the same cutting the trees back, opening the canopy, and starting prescribed burning. And it's burning. one of those you start. I mean, we're very very early into a lot of this, and oh, we're already yeah. finding this stuff. And it's just like, what what else is going to happen? That's the most important thing. Many of these changes have occurred or begun to occur. The first start of it was is, is less than five years ago, and and some sites have seen multiple prescribed fires. Not that you guys didn't burn beforehand, but to the intensity of cutting and to the intensity of burning wasn't present. Yeah. And and so to go in and basically just say we're going in, not like Tasmanian devils. But it's no more like dip your toe in the pool. It's more like, I know what's going to happen. I need yeah. to make it happen. So it's up to me 
let's go, you dive head first into it. That's I think that's the the differences in approaches, and I think that's the differences in why some folks who are doing land management, that was an air quote for anyone not right here <laughs> sitting with us, but who are doing that and, and not experiencing high-quality, desirable results, did you dip your toe in or did you did you dive in head first and go after it? Because this is wonderful sites that you can see incredible results in yeah. in a matter of six months. We've seen three, three or four batches of pulse now mm-hmm. on the place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's like all of these things that we're doing, it's not just... I mean, you can do some things and let deer grow and, and kill some good deer. Right. But you're not going to see all of these other wildlife benefits. Yeah. And not to mention plants and everything. And I mean, we're seeing so much of that. And that's what's been exciting, I guess, to think as I've been marking these trees to go through this stuff that is severely closed canopy. I mean, severely closed canopy. And know that we've done some small areas and to see what is happening in those and know oh this is gonna get really really good around here yeah absolutely and quickly and i'm glad you said quickly because that's that's the that's the difference between again head first diving in and just getting it to where it needs to be opposed to take a little here come back in two years take a little bit more guess what in those two years those trees grew right yeah yeah, sure, you got some benefit, but, but did you get enough to, well, to experience what you could? No, and if you don't get enough experience as you begin and as you start, then you're not going to continue at the, at the same rate, the same speed, the same intensity, the same level, degree, whatever you want to say. You're not going to do it nearly as good. Well, you just got to go after it. Let's face it, a, a lot of the stuff that we're seeing right now would be scary to most people. Oh, yeah. To walk in, to own a patch of land and walk in and be like, oh. Change. This, is, this looks like a disaster. Right. And it does. Right. But we have enough foresight to know that, okay, it's a process. You yep. have to go through this yep. to get the desired result. That's right. And there's a lot of this where it's like, I, I don't know if I even told you, I found more cylindrical blazing star, not oh, really? in the glade. Not like in, in the woodland on, on the west facing slope that we burned. Yeah, yeah. Like where I found more pale purple coneflower, mm-hmm. I found cylindrical down through there. Wow, that's cool. So it's like, what all is going to happen on that hillside? Absolutely. We've had absolutely a logging and one burn, mm-hmm. and that's it. And we're already seeing that. Yeah. What's going to happen when we get our TSI right on that? We've already seen the one slope. We've got so many of those where it's it's one that's like. You look at the logging as they're doing it, and it's it's a disaster. But you're like, okay, it's as we go, we're going to see more and more change and more and more benefit. Let's be really real here. Come on, guys. We know it's going to be a disaster. Yeah. It's, it's a logging operation. Well, they're they're cut, they're they're physically cutting trees. They're dropping them. There are some trees that get damaged in the process. And then, and then they take the tree, and they skid it out, and hopefully they get to a skiddy, a nice straight skidding trail. But let, again, let's be honest, they can't take a straight path in hilly ground. So there's going to be some damage outside of the trees that they're cutting and hitting that's going to happen. But in a site like this specifically, 
And, and this this crew isn't. I, I wouldn't say they're not like a haphazard crew or 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 you guys called them back after they've logged here previously. So it's like they're doing the best that they can. But are some of the trees that they're hitting or damaging are they of great value? No, probably not. Right? No. You could see a couple tops no. get broken or or, or a, a, you know one get snapped off like 15 foot up, but. Was that tree even healthy in the first place? Well, and, you know, I was discussing with the logger the the condition of the timber. You know, yeah. a lot of people here in southern Missouri, there's a lot of places similar to this where it's, yep. you know, there's a lot of people sitting on over-mature timber that think they're the mindset that's, you know, I'm, I'm sitting on an investment. Right, it's right, my, right. I, the longer I sit on this, the more money I'm going to make. Right. Well, this place, for example... There's places that have been logged within, oh, it's probably 40 years now. Um, even smaller trees, trees yeah. that are not saw timber value. Sure. Hollow as a gourd. Right. When you go through the timber and it's what, like, especially the big black oaks, mm-hmm. a large percentage of them have rot in the Is center. It, would you say, when you say large percentage, what percentage specifically do you think have some portion of of a rotten center that is not of high quality log log oh, lumber value over 50 percent for sure right uh, 60 60 percent at least i would say i mean yeah. you walk through there there's a ton of them that have i mean there's red oak boar there's all mm-hmm. kinds of different mm-hmm. things that they're suffering from and not to mention it's closed canopy it's they're severely competing with each other it's 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 one of those that it's stacked against them and it's like so a tree like that yep and not to mention people that are just they're just sitting on them because it's well I, I need acorns I gotta have acorns for my for my <laughs> wildlife and it's like how many acorns is that tree producing when when, when yeah. the top of that tree that canopy of that tree is is about the diameter of the tree trunk itself and I know that's an exaggeration but but when you know what a healthy tree should look like and these trees are and canopy specifically are half the size of that, if not less, if not more, excuse me, you, how can it be that healthy of a, or, or a, yeah. a large mass producer? It, it, it doesn't work like that. Yeah. And it's, <clears throat> there, I mean, there's a lot of it. You, you go through the timber and it, it was one, I mean, I've, I've got enough experience in the, in timber cutting industry yep. through my job that, you know, you, you look at a lot of stuff and I can look at the trees and see some, if they're suppressed, if they're unhealthy, mm-hmm. you see a lot of signs of, of decline, and especially these black oaks, because they just don't live as long as the sure. white oak family. And you walk through, and, you know, I, I told the logger, I said, I have marked leaf trees. I really didn't mark many red oak, yeah. any of the red oak family. Right. Black oak, northern reds. And, and, I like, and I will make this clear. That is a timber quality log value a monetary decision opposed to a mass production it's not like from a wildlife you're saying i don't care about red oaks they're not important the red oak family i only care about promoting white oaks that's not that decision it's more or less what's the current state of them what's the long term can we do we have enough time or or do we need to take what we can get right now the loggers words for our place was it really needs a complete makeover yeah I mean, he's like, you know, um, most of these trees are at least have some rot in them. Uh-huh. And it's like 10 years from now, 
how many of them would even be alive. If Certainly. I mean, so that was where, and we'll get into how we marked. Mm-hmm. That was where most of this place we're marking leave trees. I've yep. got orange paint. I'm marking leave trees and picking the trees for him to leave. And we've pretty much told him, if it's not marked leave tree and you can get something out of it, cut it. It's like cut everything you can get that's not marked in orange. Okay. So so as we're getting to this portion of the podcast, everyone, if you didn't listen to the podcast that, that Adam and I recorded talking about the different long-term visions or the, the primarily three different types of, of, of harvest that were going to occur, or maybe three intensities would be a better way. We talked about clear cutting. We talked about um, a seed tree harvest and, and then backing off or easing off some of the harvesting on the north and east facing slopes for those for the different reasons. So if you if you want to learn about that, go back a couple of weeks and listen to that podcast because today you're going to talk about okay, now that we've made that decision, this is how we bare bones just elementary. This is how we marked it. And and there's a logical strategic way about going about that. So so breakdown Chad, cuz you know, through your job professionally, um You've marked thousands of acres of timber for sales, yeah. right? Um, and, and so you have tons of experience of, of marking ahead of a logging operation and a sale. So kind of walk us through those different scenarios that you played out in your head and then actually went to the property and put paint on the trees. Why, how do you make those decisions ahead of a logging operation. What kind of communication may you need to have with that logger after it's marked? So uh, our place is, this place is 100% hardwood. It's all hardwood timber. Yep. That's what it is. There's no pine is what no. you're saying. Yep. Um, a, a majority of it, I'm trying to think. There's There's portions of it that have been logged in probably the last 40 years. Mm-hmm. The ridge tops and stuff, they, they've done some logging and the easy-to-reach stuff. Yep. And then there's areas down off the hills that have a lot more age on them. Mm-hmm. I'll say that. I don't, we don't know how old they are, Yeah. but they're larger timber. Um, a majority of it is black oak mm-hmm. because of previous loggings and stuff. Most of it's black oak in there. Because maybe they preferred or selected heavy white oaks in the past. Yeah. And it, and it could have been something where they, they cut most of the white oak and then the black oak just it, regenerated it grew well there. Right, right. And it's old enough that most of it is declining. Mm-hmm. I mean, you walk through the timber, there's some big black oaks, but most of them have large dying limbs in them. Right. You can just tell they're, they're declining. So our goal in this is to... Um, we're essentially salvage cutting all of the black oak. Yes. Most of the black oak is going to go. Define real quick salvage cutting. Salvage cutting is is it's trying to make use out of what's there. Because trying it's going downhill yes. so fast. A salvage cut, sometimes like I've heard that term used maybe after a tornado damage. Yep. They'll go in and they will salvage what trees were down because... 
they're not going to grow anymore. They're, they're just going to lay there and rot if they don't get them. And essentially, these would continue to rot standing or degrade in okay. value standing that you're salvaging they're, them now. They're only going downhill from here. Right. There's no upward so trend. So it's one, let's, let's get all of everything we can out of those while we have some value left in those and start the regeneration process over. Yep. Um, ours was going to be a little different than most. Um, yep. A lot of people are just looking more for timber value. Obviously, right. we're more interested in wildlife value. So, like, our we're going to look at the site index, which is an index of the quality of timber growing, like how capable of an area is of growing quality timber. Yep. Your south and west facing slopes are not going to grow as good as timber. Your north and east facing slopes are going to grow better timber. Yeah. So those areas I left thicker. Mm-hmm. I left them a little thicker. Now there's still a ton of black oak on those. Correct. But the goal is to have those with a little higher basal area, mm-hmm. which is the thickness of the trees, how how close they right. are. Um, the south and west facing slopes were honestly going to do a lot of savanna woodland restoration on those mm-hmm. so the goal is to have those more open right and so we're going to after the cut it's going to have different management strategies on those absolutely yeah so a lot of those are taking mind i'm leaving honestly a lot of that stuff i'm leaving a 20 to 30 ba so it's reasonably open now the logger's not going to cut everything so some of the others are going to come in still yeah but as far as the trees we want to leave i'm leaving those pretty open pretty far spaced so that there's a lot of sunlight hitting the ground right and the, and, and, and you're changing you're you're salvaging the, the the what you can out of the black oaks and and by selecting and hitting the black oaks harder many of the trees that are being left are the white oak varieties that are going to have a longer lifespan as well as in the future when those are the trees that are most mature and have this much sunlight and there will be prescribed fire on these sites as well you're probably going to shift to let's say a less dominant black oak and to maybe a more balanced white oak black oak hickory type forest that that's more of the goal is to shift it to more honestly more diversity throughout our forest right so i don't i mean obviously i'm not cutting every black oak we're gonna leave some of those and and that's what if i could find one with decent shape in it a decent a lot of what our cutting is is to would consist as like a seed tree cut yeah most like if you're familiar with the term it's a seed tree cut we're leaving seed trees to hopefully restock everything else um so I'm leaving occasional black oaks that look good in mm-hmm. places where there's not a nice white oak or post oak and or a chinkapin. There's areas, right. some of the areas I, I went to had those. But we're marking those to hope to restock and have more diversity throughout. So physically, how are you marking these? So we've got one of the a Nell Spot paint gun and, mm-hmm. and Nelson... Yep. Marking paint. This is not like a, a spray paint um, Home Depot deal. This, no. This, this is a... Because this is a couple hundred acres. Right, right. So I I, I told Adam from the start, I'm like, not we've got to get the Nelson paint. I'm not yep. I'm not doing a spray can. And, and the paint lasts much longer on the tree. It does. Fading and it, it, wise. It, and it, 
it stands out better. Yep. <clears throat> if you're going to go about this, obviously consult a forester if you're not knowledgeable. Sure. But if you have timber knowledge, I'm marking, and I'm not doing stump marks on anything like we would right. at work. Um, I'm just and, and making an eye mark. Okay. So so talk about the, those two and wh- why you might use one versus the other uh, in, in those situations real quick. So we aren't using stump marks because we trust the logger. I mean, yeah, you've worked we talk to him all the time. We've worked with him in the past. A stump mark is, is one of those you can go through and check and make sure if they've cut, you can look and, and see if they cut a tree you didn't want them to leave or if it's if you're marking cut tree, you've got a stump there to where you can go through and make sure they cut trees that you wanted cut. Right. So so you essentially, if you're using a, a stump mark, you're using, you have an, uh, a mark at eye level and then you have a mark at the very base of the tree. And when they cut the tree and skid it out, there'll be a mark on the log that they've skidded out as well as a mark on the base, the stump, that still remains. So so a landowner can basically check the work and say, okay, the logger's not taking more than he should. So he should never go to a, a stump or a tree that's been cut out there in the field and not see a mark. Yeah. And essentially the stump mark is for you. Yep. The eye mark is for the logger. Right. Uh, and I use the eye mark. You can use the eye mark to get make sure you're, you're leaving – adequate trees throughout the forest and it's easy for you to to see too when you're marking if it's obviously eye level you you can totally see it so so if they have a hand crew that's going out and cutting um they can see it easy or if they're in a machine it's up high enough and not low that they can hopefully see it too and they know okay i can drop this tree and go that way because over there is a leaf tree i don't want to impact that one and, and drop it into it. And that's essentially why I'm trying to make a good eye mark on the trees so that the logger can see. Because, I mean, he's in a piece of machinery. Yep. You want him to know for certain, okay, don't cut that tree. Yep. Don't cut that tree. Don't and cut most this of the time, like, that one. With the machinery they're using, they're going to cut on the uphill side. Yep. So if you want to save paint, you just mark the uphill side. So it, it, it can get kind of dicey. You do a lot of walking, sure. a lot of circles. Right, right. If you're wanting to make sure, if you're real particular, and we're particular, so <laughs> I'm walking a lot of circles through the woods yep. trying to make sure that I've got it to the the spacing that I want. But, um, and the, the stump marks, that you want to put those in crevices mm-hmm. in the tree. You don't want it out there where the, the tire of the skidder is going to rub the paint off there. Right. You put it in the, in the crevice of the tree yep. at the base, like where a couple of roots come together or something, sure. so that it, it stays there. And that's the the key on the stump marks is so that when they go back through, when you go back through and check those, yep. you can see them. Um, the eye marks, it's, I mean, they're cut and dry, eye right. level, something. I, I, I mean, foot wide, six inch wide, What what's adequate, what, what most cutters what are they going to look for say okay this is marked well what what what's ideal mm. four inch strip inch, inch or two wide across the whole length of the tree yep um that's that's kind of my goal i've i've marked with people that marked we made fun of them for pencil marks <laughs> yeah, yeah i mean that's that's the benefit of that <coughs> nail spot gun is correct you can just walk through the woods and uh, a couple squirts on a tree and it's it's yeah. a good standout mark sure. And with good paint, like this orange stands out pretty well. Mm-hmm. The blue stands out real well. Yep. Um, that's it, it's a couple a couple sprays with the gun yep. is plenty on those. Okay. So so you're marking leaf trees with with that method, 
Um, and, and specifically, that's that's in that, that seed tree type cut. Now, with a clear cut, how are you marking that? With a clear cut, you can mark the boundaries. Yep. Um, we've got some areas that we're clear cutting. Um, I flagged those boundaries in. Mm-hmm. Some of them flagged in. Uh, Adam kind of touched on it, getting them an Onyx subscription. Sure. Absolutely. And we have it marked on the Onyx. <laughs> yep. And it's like, okay, anywhere in there. And, and essentially, we we wouldn't have to mark ours. Wouldn't have to lay out the boundaries because yeah. if we're doing all leaf tree, which we are, they get to an area and there's no leaf trees. They know. Sure. Right. I mean, if they They're if gone. they get to a spot and there's no orange anywhere, yep. it's like yep. okay, this is the clear this is yep. a clear cut. There's nothing right. else. The boundaries are kind of built in based on the other prescriptions on, yeah. on the property, but you chose to to flag some just for that additional reassurance and 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 sometimes honestly too, <clears throat> when we're when we're talking about that fine detail of knowing okay, I'm going to hunt here like this this needs to be considered because if I'm going to clear cut and then grind stumps, and I'm going to make this a food plot, I want my leaf trees and the boundaries of that food plot to not be completely naked and bare. I want to consider all that. So yeah. so that gives you guys not only the, the visual of, okay, here's here's the long-term boundary of, of an existing opening. Um, how am I going to hunt this? Yeah. And and I I mean, <coughs> that, was in, that was why Adam and I went out to right. check those. I was like, I need another set of eyes. I need somebody to stand on the edge of the bench. And somebody else walking in, a lot of them, I, you know, you can lay them out yourself. Yeah, uh, a sure. lot of the, a lot of the, you know, like Paradise Point, for instance, mm-hmm. that food plot. We're doing a food plot expansion on one side, mm-hmm. and then the other side, it's just a herbaceous opening. Yeah, it's going to be an yep. herbaceous opening. Well, uh, you know, obviously, most people think you want. And we do have trees that I marked as as leaf trees that are going to be tree stand trees on the side yep. of the food plot. Yep, but. We're obviously more excited about hunting the edge of these herbaceous openings because sure. you know there's going to be a lot of more daytime movement. Oh, in absolutely. So, like, that one on the bottom corner strategically set it up where there were three or four nice white oaks. Mm-hmm. One double one, perfect yep. for a tree stand. Yep. Right on the edge of the slope, mm-hmm. like right at the drop-off. So we're going to walk up the slope, get in the tree stand, we're out of sight, out of sight, get in the stand. Yep. We're on the... Overlooking food plot and herbaceous opening. Yeah. We're on the very south... We're on the south... Um, southwest side of the opening. We can see out into the food... We're going to be able to see out into the food plot. Yeah. And then there are like two or three nice white oaks within 40 yards. Yeah. So it's like, okay, we're on the edge of the opening... This, this like temporary opening, herbaceous opening, and have the ability to have white oak acorns dropping right next to us in close proximity. Yeah, within uh-huh. forty yards. So it's yeah. like, and on the downwind. So, so it's like we're going to hunt that with a northeast or east wind, which we seem to have a lot of east winds. But right, have our wind dropping off the hill, and then all of those deer can be going. You expect bucks to cruise downwind side. Sure. There's the availability of the acorns, and they cruise around that edge of the of the opening right past us. Sounds like a winning combination, you yeah. know. I mean, and that's that's the beauty of going through the process that you guys are going through right now, and and seeing 
you know, not only what it is currently, but but the future of it and that anticipation continues to yeah. build. Um, any other any other like <coughs> secrets, tips, whatever you would say to someone who's who's planning on marking out spot ahead of a, a logging operation um, that they may need to know or may consider, um, or and or or what, what about roads? Have you guys marked any? Because that that's a, a big value for so. Um, ahead of a logging operation, you can kind of help hopefully work with that logging crew and have some roads begin to get established. You may need to go back and finish and, and you know, uh, make it a more of a permanent road when they're done, but you do get a little bit of say in that sometimes. So have you we've marked laid out, we've laid out some roads. I, uh, I flagged a couple of those. Yeah. Um, I guess the other thing I'd forgotten about in in marking league tree, which we also marked some cut tree, then in some stuff that had been been cut previously. Yeah, um, we had some a, a buffer strip left, and I went back through and marked cut tree with blue to tell them if you can get anything out of this, cut it. Right, cut right. every one of these that are in blue, and they they I opened up a big <laughs> swath. You haven't been through there, but no, they opened I, up I'd a like big to. chunk in there. Yeah. And that's why if if we were doing more of a select cut where it yeah. was like picking certain trees to cut, I would done, we would have done that. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. For this, it works so much better to just mark lead tree. And for a lot of people, it's going to work better for lead tree. Sure. But one thing I kept in mind because of my background, you, you know, you're, you're tempted walking through. A lot of this is steep. There's a lot of benches that they're going to be cutting on. Sure. It's not just flat ground. Um. You know, you're walking through the woods and it's like, boy, that's a really nice white oak. I want to leave that one. Yep. Well, that may be in the center of a bench. Absolutely. If if you're going to mark that one, you've cut out every bit, of, every ability of that logger to go on farther down the bench. Sure. So there were trees that I'm like, that's a really nice tree, but there's a decent white oak here. Yep. I'm going to mark that one and leave them this one to cut so yep. that they can continue down the bench. Yep. You have to take into account. Do, do I want to do I want to save this one but give up four further down? Yeah, you, you know you that's have essentially to take into account the loggers' mobility, ability to maneuver. Property. I mean, yeah. you, you also think about places where it's like, okay, if I mark this tree as a leave tree, they're going to skid, have to skid by that, yeah, and they're going to skid every bit of bark off of that thing. Yeah, totally. It's like I I can't. I can't mark that one and expect it to live. Right. You have to give the logger the opportunity to get into his place yep. to cut that. So it's like there were a lot of the benches where it's like, okay, this one's off the slope. I'm going to mark that one. It's not going to get damaged if I leave it. And it may not be the highest or, you know, side-by-side -side comparison, the better tree, but has a yeah. better chance of surviving well, and producing it, what you want down the road. You know, let's face it, a lot of, a lot of white oak and post oak <clears throat> are hollow. Yeah. A lot of big ones. So I didn't go into it marking every nice, really nice white sure. oak. That it was a good one. Because those hollow trees are perfectly capable of producing acorns. Absolutely they are. Sure. So especially in the white oak, post oak stuff, they yep. live a lot longer. I mean, yep. post oaks, a majority of big post oh, oaks yeah. are hollow. Yeah. So I, a lot of times if I saw and that's a makes little... And a perfect seed tree. Yeah. If I, if I saw something... In the base where I'm like, yeah, I bet that one's hollow. Yep. I might mark it 
and let them cut a really nice white oak there mm-hmm. beside it yep. because there's more monetary value in that tree. But but, but long term, you get the same result as mm-hmm. if you left one versus the other. But right now, you capture that, that, that monetary value but still have you know, the ability to repopulate, have acorns, mass producers, and that that's out there. Yeah. And, and you know, we've seen some of the stuff previously, and that was what where we didn't mark leaf tree. There was stuff where, you know, they might cut that tree down because yeah. they don't see that from the machine. Certainly. And then they end up, they get no value out of it. So that tree just got cut for nothing. Yeah, totally. And it's like, okay, if I see that, that it's hollow, yeah. I can mark it as a leaf tree. It's going to produce acorns. And, I mean, and they can get me monetary value out of another log. Yes. If I leave it and they cut it, then it's just cut for nothing. Right. So. And then you're left yeah. with a big hole. So, so like I hole. did that with those on the, on the benches and stuff. I tried to you try to keep in mind, give the logger leeway so that he can move through, and then I also mark skid trails in uh-huh. with cut tree mark with the blue. I I did vertical lines, but like in places that I knew because we've covered every inch of this place. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. know the little sways and the Dips benches and yeah. ways into places that right. there was timber. So I would go in and mark with blue a skid trail mm-hmm. route for them to get into certain benches. That I'm like, you know, they may not be able to find their way into that, especially when they're cutting trees. I'm going to give them an alleyway yep. and show them how to make it into that. Right. So it's less damage trying to find their way in. I've taken them right there. Right. And they know, okay, here's the skid trail. They can go in and cut and strategically cut trees towards the back of that skid trail and use the trees that I left them to cut mm-hmm. that, I didn't, that I didn't mark as lead trees. They can skid against those and yep. protect my lead trees. Right. And that, that's con- considered a bumper tree, right? Yeah. yeah. A, a tree that when they're skidding these longer logs out that are going to receive the damage, but they know they're going back in yeah. to, to cut them. So right. they'll go through and go to the back of the unit and yep. cut and then drag out, and they use those trees to protect your leave trees. Yep. yep. And so, and I think that that's where <clears throat> working with experienced people or a good quality forester, this, this is where you can get aggressive in a harvest, but be very intentional with that aggressiveness. And I think a lot of people... Maybe who 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 don't know or or aren't educated or around timber management a lot or or past cuts, they just go and they just see one thing and they see open sky, they see some damage on trees and they see trees on the ground and canopies and they just think destruction destroyed. Yeah. But I mean, but there's there is a strategy and there is a way to minimize the effects of a logging if it's done, marked, approached properly. And and that's where I think it helps us to, it's been a learning process with this log. Uh-huh. I mean, it's one, we, we had him start. Previously, we didn't have any leave trees. Yep. It was one that's like, okay, cut. And it's like, eh, why don't you try, do a little more, leave us a few more oaks, bigger oaks. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it was like, okay, let's do this. And then this time it's like, okay, let's mark leaf trees. It's like, we're going to mark leaf trees. You cut everything else you want. But it's like, we're going to mark the leaf trees so that we make sure that we have the trees that we want left. Yep. And it's like, okay, we're not leaving it up to them to decide and be like, oh, well, they should have left this one. Well, we didn't give them. Yeah, yeah. We didn't have them any. I made it any, clear, cut, yeah. and dry. It's like, okay, 
we've got the ability to do this. Let's mark leave trees. We can if if the trees aren't left that we don't want, or if if we don't have the trees we want left, yep. it's our fault. Right. It's not certainly, their fault. Certainly. So it's it's one that it's it's been a learning process, and that's where it's like if you have a logger coming in, you have the ability. If you have plenty of acreage, yep. Have them in some places that you know there's really not as much timber value that aren't as important to you. Mm-hmm. Have them start on that and and learn figure with them, work yeah. with them to figure it out. Have you don't want to send them into your biggest prize piece of no. timber and it's like, no. oh, I'll go in and cut, and then a week later you're like, oh. You, and, and they didn't do what I wanted. Yeah, there, there's that little bit of that learning curve to know how they work, the speed at which they work, um, that communication back and forth of making sure you you you're going to get the job that you want done. Don't go to the best areas first. And yeah. and you know one of the biggest things is remember a lot of logging operations. It's pretty big machinery that's going to be on the timber. Yeah, you're going to have some skidded trees, Absolutely some skinned are. up trees. Yep, you're going to have. Some tree damage. I think I think there just needs to be this expectation of that and realization going into it. And I think honestly, the 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 bad name that loggers get would be a lot less if if truthfully, and landowners, I guess we're we're speaking directly to you on this one. If you expect that, yeah. I mean, it's it's just impossible for them to do their job. Without that, it would be like a construction guy coming in to remodel a house and having to take out a couple walls. And and I'm just thinking of like drywall dust. Like if he's going to have to take out some drywall, re-drywall, sand drywall, the mud, everything. Do you expect him to never have drywall dust on the floor of your home? You, you, You have to know that to make this better. There's going to be a phase or there's going to be a process where it does look ugly. There's well, mess you know, involved I, I've, in it. I've never thought of it that way, but that's a pretty good analogy for what a lot of people see as logging is they go in and they stop after demolition. Totally. totally. They stop after the demolition and they get the check and then walk away and, and complain that, oh, this looks terrible. It's like, well, there's some follow-up process you need to do. Absolutely. Like if you can do the, the job's, TSI, the job's not done. Stuff you just like quit. That. And that's what, like, you know, we some places in some timber timber work, they drag the whole top with them, correct? And they 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 top and everything at the at the landing, yep. And then they drag the brush back and yep. put it in the skid trails and stuff. Um, I prefer what we're doing because of the Drop wildlife it. wildlife benefit. Drop the tree, top it there. Drag skid the log out yes. itself, not yeah. the whole tree. So the 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 tops are scattered throughout yeah. the whole. I don't like to have a big pile of no. of all of the slash right. everywhere that there are slash piles that burn real hot. Yep, yep. We're gonna kill enough trees with our fire as it is. I mean, <laughs> right. we're. Right. I'm I'm not going to light around the base of every big oak out right, there. Right. I'm not gonna do that. That's yep. not natural. Or, no, and 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 you're you're managing. Um, you're not managing for the individual. You're managing the forest, and yeah. and that when you when you have to do that because of previous practices, it's time consuming, and and you're forced to look at, at individuals to accomplish what you want rather than a burn unit. Yeah. Yep. So that's what our choice. They're topping them in the woods. Yep. 
and dragging the log out. So that it, there's there's going to be slash everywhere. Yep. I mean, I took some pictures today. Yep. There's slash everywhere. I know it's going to be that way. Hey, but I'm guess sure what? there's going to be deer bedding into this fall, too. Oh, yeah, there will be. There will the, That will happen, and then, two, they will be consumed by fire. Yeah. And that, that's, that's the other, like, they, there's just slash for so long. Well, not if you yeah. stop there. I mean, it, I mean, if you stop there, there's slash for left well, for years. But for but us, burning, there's not. There's there's going to be slash again later when we TSI this. Absolutely. When we follow it up with 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 another with another cut in it, there's going to be more slash on the ground. Yep. We know that. Well, it's and, just going to happen. I don't want to call it slash. I just want to call it structure. Yeah. Let's just change the name of it because now it has a purpose. Yeah. It's it's it has a purpose. It has a role. I. Not going to apologize. That looks ugly to you, but but consider it as structure opposed to slash, yeah, and and a mess opposed to bedding opportunity, yeah. because in most situations, you and I both you we know this. If you go from closed canopy and you start putting some structure treetops on the ground, you have better bedding than what you had when the tree was standing. Yeah. So what are we complaining? Oh, and there for is so, so much? much daylight coming in right now. <laughs> the one area they've cut so far, it's yeah. like. Oh yeah, this oh, is looking good. Yeah, sweet. This is looking good. So. Sweet. Well, it uh, that 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 honestly hits us really well on on time right there. But I think there's a lot of great um, points and stuff for for people to to learn from and and um, to gain knowledge about expectations, uh, execution, um, and what they should just be looking for when they enter into a you know timber management to the degree that they need to instead of dipping toes in. Um, and it, we, it, we see so we see so much of the everyone thinks that they're buying really good marketable timber because that's what all real list uh, real estate listings say, right? But but in reality, it's okay and it's necessary for for you know as a landowner or a potential buyer of real estate, you need to know that sometimes you need to go in and clean house. Sometimes yeah. things just need to be course corrected and given that facelift to improve things for the if, long term and it can't be said enough if if you aren't experienced in forestry right have somebody come help you Absolutely. get a forester to come in and help you because you can timber management is not something that you can change in a year or two right right if you mess up it's gonna last a while mm-hmm. it's not gonna be the same right and the 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 mistakes can be long lasting yeah. in timber management right and that's right. where it's like have somebody help you yep absolutely bring in help that is knowledgeable an experienced person because if you don't know what you're doing you can screw it up really fast and 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 I think that we should begin to think beyond the monetary value although it does hold it I'm not, I don't. I don't mean to place above the monetary value if if that's what you're in the logging for. I'm not telling you how to prioritize your goals, but I'm just saying, give more weight in your goals to the legacy you can leave with the property. Leave a mark on your property that says, "I did things right. I did things intentionally, and I improved it." When I cut trees and when I followed up and I did t- the TSI and the prescribed fire, I changed this place for the good. And I think that you take that extra little step of intentionality 
into land management and we've done really good stuff. So, Chad, anything else before we wrap it up? I think that's it. Cool deal. Well, I appreciate you coming on. And um, everyone, thank you so much for, for listening. Hopefully this was uh, encouraging to get out there, branch out, gain some knowledge, as well as um, some applied learning to your own property. So thanks for listening. We'll catch you guys next yeah. week.